Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Press Play and Run with me, your host Ryan Miller and my fabulous co-host Alison Jardin. couple of weeks since you've heard from us. Busy time in terms of the number of runs that we've done. Not a whole ton happening in terms of events, just this time of year we'll get the wind down. But always a good time for us to touch base, Alison, see how we're getting on. And obviously you have joined a new club, which you announced at the on the last episode. So tell us about your first couple of weeks at Newton Roadrunners and just generally how your training's going and how are you? Hello, by the way. Hey, it's been great, actually. And it was, I, th- I can't even remember if we, we kind of delved into it on our last, um, when we caught up last, but it's been so good to just have a club and people around me again, especially, I think everyone, at least in the UK, will agree that the weather's gone very much downhill in the last week or so. And I wouldn't have probably gone out for most of the sessions that I did go to because I'm with a club again. Everyone's been so friendly and welcoming. So it was definitely the right thing for me. And I think I've shared it a few times on my Instagram that if you're thinking about joining a group, club, whatever it is, just run with other people, especially at this time of year. Yeah, we're we're getting so many new members through Newton at the moment. And it's really nice to see, obviously, lots of new people to run with, chat with, but you're sort of joining not too far away from when I joined last year, this time last year, and it helps with that motivational bit, doesn't it? Just getting out it in the really dark. Does. Because it's <laughs> been, for, for myself, it's been a, a sloggy couple of weeks. I've been getting out on my runs, but it's been a a combination of work, real life, this time of year, dark. It's just difficult to mm-hmm. get that same get up and go to get out and do the sessions. We managed a couple of speed sessions, which was um, one together as well, which mm-hmm. is good to see you back out doing that type work after a bit of a layoff. How have you found sort of dialing that intensity back up after after giving your body a bit of a break from it? I think it actually showed me how much my body needed the break. So I think before the session, I said, you know, this is just going back to the absolute start again. Whereas it wasn't when I looked at the times, they were what I should have been hitting. So I think it showed me that listening to my body was the right thing to do. I'm st- I'm noticing on my general runs that I'm finding some of those a bit harder. So whether that's not from not having done the speed or again, the change in temperature, because obviously it can be harder to run in colder conditions. So yeah, it's been, it's just kind of getting back into it. And like you say, it's a balance, I think, especially just now of life, work and getting out. It's trying to be sensible times when yeah. it's not pitch black and, you know, minus three. This is the time of year for me when I don't have a lot of events on the horizon that you start making those deals with yourself and you start bartering with yourself about do I really need to run tonight and mm-hmm. and the, the the battle between needing a rest and feeling like you need a rest, does your head need it, does your body actually need it, so I actually took the step of setting up my Cooper plan for the London Marathon, so I'm, I'm now into my sort of base element, base plan side of that. Mm-hmm. It's a maintenance job until the last week of December when it starts to then replicate what I would be used to as my as my marathon block. But it's given me the focus to, if nothing else, with that that sort of gamification that they have of getting your streak for the number of successful days that you train of your yeah. plan sessions. Just something like that, as daft as that's been enough to keep me going. I've managed to get out to a couple of club sessions. I have missed some as well, but yeah, it's difficult for me because I'm, I think I'm quite event based. I like I like something to aim at. Yeah. I signed up for the te- uh, the Telecutri, a ten k. I think that's twenty ninth of December, something like that. So that's I won't be going there. I'm not going there with any intentions of all guns blazing. I'll fit in alongside training, but it's something to break up that that Christmas period. 
Um, but it's been nice to have you in Newton. It's been it's been nice to see you in that club environment again, and I can see how much it's doing for for the end of a busy working day just to get out there with people. Yeah, I think it really does help. And then obviously we've had the the run long run club as well, which I was unable to attend. But again, it's just a perfect example. I think there on Sunday that it was terrible conditions on the Saturday, but you had the highest number of people on the Sunday. Yeah. But it's just showed that again, I don't think maybe well can't speak for everyone but maybe some of those people wouldn't have gone out but with knowing that you're away to join others again to go and do a run in Glasgow and then socialize after I think again that's just such a great thing to to be a part of just now especially when maybe you could have just laid in bed and stayed inside where it was warm no I was delighted with the turnout 36 I think I, I, I miscounted I think it was 36 or 37 and they end up which is just a remarkable turnout for eight miles on a day when you know the snow had fallen the day before i'd even thought about potentially do we cancel this or not um then i decided as it was thawing and i saw other things were not being cancelled go ahead no expectations really around numbers yeah. and then you get that kind of turnout there i'm already sold and convinced that there is the appetite for what we're trying to do it's now going to just be about momentum and numbers are not the be all and end all it will never be the metric of success of the run club it's i'm going to be going out to run these distances if i'm myself it doesn't really me running that distance is not dependent on other people coming mm -hmm. but given that platform if 10 people turn up it's a useful thing you know if it's 15 20 30 but the more people there are that added knock-on has been that there's more pace groups to choose from and mm -hmm. even more refined than maybe like 5.30 to 6 and 6 to 6.30. There's there's people doing somewhere in the middle too. So there's wee natural groups forming there of people that are almost turning up to run together. Brilliant to see with a, a nice coffee. And that's us now. So if anybody's thinking about coming along, we'll resume the first weekend of the new year and all the details will be posted in the Facebook group and in the Strava group. You can find links for them in the bio of the Press Play and Run Instagram page or in my own page. I don't know if you set yours up to have that link in yours, Alison. I haven't, but I will. Um, and just drop us a DM. If you're struggling to find it, drop us a DM and we'll, we'll work that out. Also, I am not going to spam my social media with this, but through Cooper, they're doing a Christmas gift package. And I think, I'll get, I hope I get the details right here. I think it's £17.99 for three months of Cooper. So in terms of thinking about your marathon plan, if it's something you've been having in the back of your mind, you've not got your plan organised, if you want to try that, again, drop me a DM. I'll give you my code. You can use that and get yourself that deal as well. Good way to kick it off if you've not got anything else. So it's not a big hard sell, but if you're struggling, you don't really know where to turn for your marathon plan, that's always an option for you. And speaking of marathon, Alison, mm -hmm. you've got me in the throes of rejection. Another ballot rejection from Berlin. It was, yeah, I, I've, I haven't really been on social media much today, um, but I had a quick look before we caught up here, and yeah, I was starting to see there was quite a lot of rejections. I've only seen one person that got in that I know so far. So yeah. you were, a, you were a firm no. I've seen two, two again. Former guest Joanne Thorburn, mm -hmm. club president at Newton, she got in, and Laura Cameron, one of our press oh! play run people, she got into. She uh, in the Facebook group she posted that as well. So I'm I'm not too sad. I've got London coming up, so let's not be selfish. And I also, on a complete side note, got a 
accommodation and flights organised to go and see Scotland playing in Germany in the Euros in June. So I will be getting to Germany. I've got tickets for two of the games. So I'm not that sad. So t- today's episode, Alison, we've got a friend of yours. Yeah, so I think we said, didn't we, where I said that it was quite scary when I tried to count back how long I have known this person. So we actually started our first day of high school together. So it's been 25 years since (laughs) we first met. But I've um, followed her journey. Um, They've been quite similar in some ways, but obviously I've not quite um, got to the level she is. But um, a brilliant guest, really interesting kind of story of how she got there. So. Eminently, we will throw to our conversation with Meryl Cooper, who has basically gone from everyday runner through this sort of meteoric rise and stayed so grounded with it. But I loved today's conversation. I love what you're just about to hear. I took so much from it as an everyday runner who's not overly interested in trail running, if that makes sense. But yes. there's so much in there about mindset, motivation, and just what drives a person. It was a brilliant, brilliant chat. So really looking forward to throwing to that. Just before we do, we had thrown about some ideas about do we do something as a sort of Christmas social with some ideas for a sort of 5k, then a 10k event potentially coming up. And it's all just logistically got too close to the time. We've had too much in the go and we've not managed to get anything done. But what we are doing, Alison, is we are both going to do the same part run on Christmas Day, which won't be everybody's cup of tea. But having done it before, I can say it is a absolutely phenomenal start to the day. So we are going to be at Drumpelia Park Run for Christmas Day and all things being equal. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to be at Strathclyde Park for New Year's Day. I don't know where you'll be. Sadly, I won't be. I may be at a park run up north if I can find one that's on. Um, I'm going to be back home in my hometown for Christmas and New Year. So I'm going to do the park run on Christmas Day, which I, I'm still looking forward to because I've still never actually done a Christmas Day park run. And then I am going to be driving up the road. So I literally will be driving home for Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> she did it. She made the joke. Can that might need to you be my that might need to be my song for my beer review tonight, so people will be able to tie in when we actually recorded this when they see tonight's beer review. Um, right, yeah. So, well, nothing else. My end, Alison. Anything else you would love to inform your eager crowd of followers about? No, I don't think so. I'm. Um, I. I think the important thing is though just to thank everybody for the support not just for the podcast but for the long runs as well. I think we both hoped that they would be like as like as successful maybe not even as successful as they've been but you've put in such a lot of effort to make that happen and it's been nice to watch not just like the runners that you know you might see at the park runs but maybe I think we've encouraged people to come along that might not have wanted to felt comfortable running with a group yeah. and that's been such a nice thing to see so I really hope that it continues into next year and that we see those same faces and hopefully some new ones as well so I'm really looking forward to that so very well said there's been so many little wins along the way and that's been the real pleasure in the journey is stacking up those little wins that you see from other people with somebody in some sunday who did their longest ever run at the that run and also pb on a social run what's a social run had Mm -hmm. the time our life smiling ear to ear at the end and that is absolutely what this is all about that's that's if this is about anything that's what it is so without further ado Alison I'm going to chuck us over to our conversation with Meryl Cooper and I will catch up with you in the next episode brilliant thank you this week we're joined by a guest that wears two different hats 
As a coach, she works closely with clients to unlock healthy, sustainable habits, help them fulfill their potential and realise their goals, whether that be in running or in life more generally. As a runner, she started dabbling as most of us do, bringing her times down in the standard 5k and 10k distances before being introduced to the world of trails and ultra running. From there, a meteoric rise in the sport has been underpinned by constant learning and hard work, culminating in representing Team GB as a trail runner. So sit back, buckle up and let's pick the brain of one of the best trail runners in the country. Welcome to Press Play and Run, Meryl Cooper. How are you, Meryl? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. Do you recognise yourself from that? <laughs> Thanks so much. That might be the nicest thing I say in this whole interview, <laughs> so just enjoy it and soak it in. And uh, right off the rip, I'm going to say Alison. We've got Alison obviously here as always, and you and Alison are familiar with each other. As, yeah, I, as I learned yeah. about, I, I knew you knew each other. I just didn't know how well until Alison told me 20 seconds before you came on the call. <laughs> so, Alison, how do you know Meryl? Well, I was just saying to Ryan, I was counting back today and it's 25 years we've she... known each other. Yeah, since we yeah. started high school together. So we were in the same class and yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago now. And yeah. when you when you read out all those things, it, a lot has happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I said to Alice and Meryl, I said, there must be nothing to do up there but run about. But <laughs> apparently neither of you were overly interested in running at that stage. I think it'd be interesting for everybody just to get an idea of I know how how it started with the football and then obviously getting into running but just like a brief fight like summary of how it all began really yeah definitely always was very sporty and yeah like just was always like going through different phases of sports so it was dancing for a while and then it was football and basketball squash and just lots of different sports loved it so I obviously like was always quite fit I had times like university for a few years even though I was studying physical education, I was probably at my least fitted. <laughs> and I didn't really get too involved in university sport. I actually did like a bit more social sports. So did like intramural football rather than play for the team and um, the university team and, and things like that. So yeah, that was definitely a social time more um, so. And then, yeah, just when I, when I started teaching to kind of, I think maybe it's the way I learn best, but I like to like, rather than like read a book about different coaching drills, I would like go and do it myself. So I would go and go to football training or I'd go to basketball training if they were the main sports I was doing or even like netball, hockey, whatever. <laughs> and I, cause I just loved it as well. And I was really doing a lot of like teaching dance in my first job. So I was dancing most days a week. And then I suppose kind of like got into trails first, like through mountain biking, actually. Uh, I was living in Edinburgh and quite like to escape the city at the weekend and would go to Glen Tress at the weekend which is actually where I raced last weekend which was so cool and yeah that was kind of that was just the pattern of I just like would have phases of sports that I would do kind of linked a bit with what I was teaching and I moved out to Dubai in 2013 for a teaching job and was out there for quite a while and it was out there I started getting into like running a bit more for sure like I don't I didn't do it I did it briefly in Edinburgh I think I ran Edinburgh 10k once um in like 2006 or something kind of the classic you know starting full-time work for the first time it was the only thing I had time to do was to run then did no running again 
back bent back into sports. But yeah, definitely got into the like you say, five K, ten K. Yeah. But if they've got that that random ten K in their story somewhere, <laughs> haven't they? Like why the hell did I do that? And it you know, I stopped four times and I sprinted nineteen times during the race. Everybody's got one of those lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Dubai was obviously when you so you went out there to teach and it was PE teaching wasn't yeah, it so yeah. there was still that element of you know the sport and then it was while you were there you got into like the longer distance running yeah. um and then from there it kind of took it even a step further by taking a sabbatical mm, yeah no definitely yeah it was around turned 30 when I was turning 30 I wanted to get quite fit and that led to the running getting a bit longer and so on and then yeah, in 2019, I'd had like quite quick success, I would almost yeah. say, in ultra running in tw- uh, 2018. I'd entered a couple of races internationally and thought, right, let's give it a go. And I won one of them and then was third um, in another. So, you know, I was like, okay. And then I got selected for Great Britain in 2019 in June. So I kind of thought, like I loved my job in Dubai. I loved living there. Everything was great, but I knew or felt at least it was the time, if any time, to take a bit of time out and go train where yeah. there were actually mountains. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could do that was to take a year out. Yeah, That's something I wanted to pick up on with you mm-hmm. because we've got a similar story in that respect coming from that the education was my background. There's no way what's happened in the last two years could have happened whilst I was in that role because mm-hmm. that, that job does not lend itself to pursuing much outside. If you want to be effective at it, it's kind of yeah. all-encompassing. Yes. How big a risk did that feel at the time for you to be recognising I've got ability in a thing and I probably at that stage starting to love a thing mm-hmm. versus because it's the safest job in the world as well, though, isn't it? You've got security, yeah. <laughs> you've got things that a million people would tell you never to walk away from. So how difficult a decision at that point? And then maybe I'm going to ask you to maybe look back at it now and reflect on, do you look back at any of it and think, oh, I would have done that differently? Yeah, it was quite, it was a really hard decision to make, but also really easy. It was weird. It was, I kind of thought, well, I've got the, I've got the job to go back to. It's a sabbatical. So there's nothing to lose. Go and do it. That was the best position to be in. The big challenge, though, was that in Dubai, you had to say by Christmas time if you were going to potentially not come back for your job yeah. or you or you were going to move on. So I actually only had really August, well, July, August, September, October, November, six months to yeah. five, six months into it. And if yeah. you can recall 2019, COVID. something was just around the corner just yeah. after that. So it was it was tricky like that was that was tricky because I couldn't then go on do what I planned Mm -hmm. to do or utilize necessarily the fitness (laughs) that I accrued but yeah it it was it was definitely a great like when when can you do something like that you know it's not it's not something you get that opportunity to do so I just knew I had to grab it and yes it opened allowed me to then train to retrain and to see if I wanted to go down the health coaching route instead and like knew as soon as I got started in it that this was what I was meant to be doing and then from that I also then did my running coaching uh, as well so so in in 2020 again I suppose in a way with COVID it helped me but it opened up 
so much time. Um, I wasn't traveling as much as I yeah. had planned to be. So that time was then opened up much you could, more. At that time, you could be quite singular in your focus because a lot of mm. the distractions of life were just Definitely. stripped out for all of us. I just see it a lot. I see it a lot online, actually, people in jobs that they maybe don't particularly love, but there's a safety versus the thing they love and them the struggle of do I leave to try and monetize that and to pursue yeah. it. So you're in that, that unique position as a guest where you can look back at that now and think, well, do you have to go all in? Can you do it a bit at a time? Would you mm -hmm. have any particular advice to anybody that's sitting in that that kind of position that's thinking about entering into the sports world as their world? Yeah. Um I do think you you've got to look at everyone's situation is unique, isn't it? And and I was fortunate that Dubai and this was like a, a pro and a con, a pro of being in Dubai was the financial side of it. I was able to save a lot of money and I felt secure to then take the year of it all did go absolutely tits up then <laughs> I I was I had a bit of a bit of security even if I then needed to build up a business slowly which I thought would was realistic like you know if I was to then start a business I'm not going to be earning my target salary at all for an, maybe even a number of years yeah who knows and I think another approach could definitely be that you go down to part-time and in your secure job and then build up your other more flexible job or passion job and do it that way so yeah. I actually teach one day a week now as oh, well it's okay so you still um, keep your keep yeah. your hand in <laughs> and I but I love it so it's I teach in a really small school I teach it's all girls and that's what I specialize in teaching girls PE and yeah, I just love it. And I wouldn't change it, if that makes sense. And they're really yeah. supportive of me. So it's, so again, like that's even, that's even possible. No, that's, I didn't realise yeah. that. That's, I don't think yeah. they'll let me go back one day a week as a hidi. I just sit <laughs> in there on the school for one day a week and then you can get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. Thank you. Thank you mm -hmm. for that. I just, I think your story will be one that people could see themselves in, if not at the mm -hmm. exact same track. But mm -hmm. we all have those moments in our career where you think, oh, this is not what I love anymore. Or... For a big thing for me, I think it kind of haven't answered your question earlier, but my lifestyle in Dubai when I was working full time and I was ultra training was not sustainable. Like there's, there's, there's no way, like I, I, um, I could have sustained that for maybe another six months. And I reckon I probably would have been very unwell, broken, yeah. injured, something, mm -hmm. you know, so it, there had to almost be a, it was almost like there only could be this hard stop because yeah. I, there was no way I was going to not um, do my training. And there's no way I could work in any other kind of establishment apart from a really amazing school where you are working 12 hour days. And because yeah. that's just the way I was. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, yeah. It's so difficult because you can't dial in in that career. You can't just turn up. It's either all in or or you're yes, you're useless absolutely. at it. Basically, it's, there is yeah. no in between. Yeah. So you obviously touched on COVID there. So it was a bit different for you. We've spoken to so many people whose journeys began or running journeys began mm. during COVID, whereas yours was almost like transitioning from being like a hobby into your career, yeah. like you say. 
And I know from having looked at a lot of your posts during that time, it was a time where you trained so hard for these big events and they didn't happen. Mm. But then I also know because I came on to some of the, the workshops you did, the nutrition, yeah. that you you had to use well focus on different areas so I guess for you how hard was that to almost have put all this focus in stepped away from a job and then the events just didn't happen and the world completely went crazy it was quite hard I don't know it was it was interesting because I there was another step in all of this I can't remember if I've mentioned I don't think I did mention but you probably know maybe from um from scene post or something but I actually moved to Gran Canaria Yes. And took on a part time teaching job whilst uh, retraining in my business and so on. And that was I was there seven weeks before lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. And Spain was obviously earlier than the UK. It was just it was it was really hard. I, I was trying to set up my new life, going all in with my training, really, and living somewhere where I felt the weather was great and the um the trails were amazing and it just ticked all the boxes so came back to Scotland but then it was obviously you know everything changed your priorities just yeah. changed and I was just so happy to be with my family like that was just mm -hmm. it was just the most important thing I was so happy to be home and not <laughs> stuck on an island um but <laughs> and then I just like find my love for Scotland again so and then you know I've not left because I don't want to because I, mm -hmm. I just love it it was interesting I kind of thought I wanted the heat and you know the Mediterranean lifestyle but mm -hmm. you do Meryl you just you do, <laughs> no, you do want the heat you just want it to come to you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to bring it back yeah yeah it must have been nice though like coming back to Scotland as you say you'd done like hikes and mountain biking before but now mm. this was like your playground almost and yeah. you know where you were and we like one of the races that you actually won was the Benny He Ultra wasn't yeah. it which is like five minutes from where we grew up yeah. so it must have been quite cool to be back on these trails but actually like yeah. turning up to win ultra events yeah no it was amazing and I still think like I still think Benny He Ultra is one of my best performances mm -hmm. ever, um, which is crazy. But maybe it was just because it was at home and it was just you're just in your element, in the place, uh. in your element where you're meant, exactly where you're meant to be. And it was like one of those kind of wave start races. So you had no idea if who you were racing against or your position that time that I ran there honestly I think it was it shows that benefit of the COVID training period mm -hmm. and the sabbatical really so I, I can't complain <laughs> because was that your like first big event back after lockdown I think wasn't yeah. it and it, the reason it was waived was because that there was one of the events they first put on wasn't it like the bigger events yeah. and they were trying yeah, to find yeah. a way to make it manageable and to let it go ahead yeah because it was October yeah October 2020. So then from there it well I mean there's more than just that but how did you get from there to then obviously the the reselection for GB and like take us down kind of that journey? Yeah after that I was really happy with my fitness like I say off the back of that kind of training period and I went out to Gran Canaria favorite place ever I'm booked again to go this year coming Brilliant. Um, when I did the 60 at the time their advanced was a 62k um, and it was a bit of a chance to prove fitness ahead of selection and things like that and there was also the British championship which was the Lakeland Trails 100k that was I can't remember exactly the times of day I think that was in July 2021 
And I was to get selected to go to Thailand. I think it must have been for the November 2021. Um, so I did win that race, which was a trial and the British Championship, which was amazing. amazing. And again, I just love that course and running there and I'd never run in the Lake District before you know which is crazy mm-hmm. being a British trail runner <laughs> but I hadn't until I went down to recce the course because I you know I hadn't really been in the UK as a runner so yeah that was summer 2021 got selected was meant to go in November 2021 but then it was postponed because of Covid yeah. mm-hmm. I had to kind of go through the whole process again to get reselected because it was put off. I think it was originally put off till February 2022. And then it got moved back to November 2022. So it was a really long wait. And had, yeah, so then went back to Gran Canaria in (laughs) (laughs) in, uh, February or March last year, qualified again to, yeah proved my fitness and was selected to to and join the team I guess just because I mean a lot of people I mean myself included are listening to that thinking it must have been so hard it's not like knockbacks but it's setbacks isn't it because mm-hmm. we and we all lived in that time where you looked forward to things and they didn't happen and they got cancelled but how did that feel as like actually qualifying to like represent your country and then it constantly being like moved and just yeah. all that uncertainty it, it was rubbish like it was I just think, especially in running, we know like making a start line sometimes is like you're you're it's a, a bit of an element of luck, isn't it? It's mm. like you can just be a bit unlucky with the timing of something, of an, a niggle or a sickness or things like that. So I was just yeah, just you know, you're a little bit worried that yeah. mm. am I, you know, can I be ready can I be fit? Can I be injury free for the next time? But not just for the championships to qualify again yeah because you're having to go through the whole process having to constantly peak at the right time is like you you build your whole schedule towards peaking for that Mm -hmm. window Alison at that time that that coincides with that timing of the marathons that we were training for being Mm -hmm. moved back Mm -hmm. and Meryl what I did at that point was I was meant to be running my first I spat the dummy out and just stopped training I was like I was fed up Mm. hitting that new block and um, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like I'm fed up staying ready for a marathon especially my first where it was yeah. just felt like such a slog how good have yeah. you become because of that or maybe where you're ready at taking the advice that you would probably give if I was your client how good are you listening to your own advice in that or did you get that bit that that natural bit of deflation of oh this is not worth it did that come at any point for you I don't remember that like it being too bad you know in terms of I think I like I kept like I was just trying to like find other stuff to keep doing like local races or something you know like there was like there must be something I can still do and and kind of alternative races to enter and so on I do remember one though and I was it was about two days before the race and then you know when we had the tears and the Mm -hmm. tears changed so I was in a tier that couldn't go. So the race, that was the worst one because the race still happened. Oh, you know. But I just couldn't go. <laughs> so like, that was pretty bad. But yeah, again, it was like, it's like kind of the control, what you can control. Like that yeah. seemed to be the thing I was just coming back to all the time. And just to keep enjoying what I was doing because I love running. So 
I still would enjoy just going out to do my training and that helps um, yeah and as like I had my zoom run group that we're always on a Thursday night we that started in lockdown and it's still going was it still going I was just listening to the the, you were on young hearts and I was just listening to you speaking about that and it was a year into it at that point when I was listening today it is still going so what we're like over three years in yeah um, (laughs) which is really cool so you know just things like that kind of keep going in it or meeting people to run with and and obviously being a running coach is so inspiring as well because if everyone else is getting out <laughs> I've yeah, got to yeah. get out <laughs> yeah. um so yeah yeah good stuff it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a bit like the podcast if we're going to speak about running you feel like oh god I better go out and run better, <laughs> better get that done everybody else is doing it me speak about it we best go and do some running <laughs> So I guess the thing that everyone's going to want to know, because uh, none of us have quite got there, is how does it feel to represent your country? <laughs> it's it's a mix of things. It's like it's amazing, but it's also scary mm-hmm. as hell. It's definitely the the thing that makes me most kind of scared in terms mm-hmm. of racing. It, there's just so much more on the line because you're also in a team, and you're obviously up against the best in the world and yeah and like you've not necessarily picked where you're the course or like the race it's like it's definitely challenging but again like you just feel so grateful for the opportunity yeah Um, there must be like that level of absolute pride I mean it's such like an amazing thing to achieve how do you cope with the pressure because I mean it must be like immense but also I know every some people get nervous a week before some it's the morning so like how do you kind of get through like that whole process up to the start line and through the race yeah well I've still not completely cracked it I don't think in terms of coping with the pressure of these races because I haven't had I've had probably one good performance but two that haven't gone too well out of the three <laughs> so I'm on a two one um <laughs> again like I say like I've made these start lines every time but getting to them has been so mm. challenging often yeah. sometimes I feel like yeah I've got to the start line but I've not then quite like I put a lot so much energy into just getting there yeah. but then the execution has slightly suffered I speak with um so any races that are like really important a races I do work with a sports psychologist I've got an amazing lady I work with so we we do do a lot of work prepping prepping for races like that um but really interesting before the last one again it's all like focused on what I can control like we get that's what gets you obviously in the best headspace and and being really focused on like the all the processes that are in your control and I the last session we did before the last world chance where I did have a DNF unfortunately I like came prepared it was one of the first times I'd written down like everything I was going to focus on in the race and she was just like We're, we've mastered it now we've cracked like, it. <laughs> nice, has worked cracked it. it's clicked <laughs> and she was so happy and I was like oh, it was amazing and the one thing that what the one thing that we'd said was out of my control was stomach issues which I don't Nest, well, that was actually she'd said, but I don't 100% agree with that because I think there are things I can do better, obviously, mm-hmm. with that. But that was the thing that got me in the end. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, I've nailed everything else. Yeah. But the... <laughs> Meryl, can I, can I jump in for a wee minute, Alison? There's a, a couple of things. One, I, I want to put it on the record to say just how much admiration I have for the fact that you speak openly of this, especially in a world of elite running. 
um, because where sometimes I think that vulnerability can be seen as a weakness or we know that you know that people feel it, but we won't speak it, we won't say it out loud, we won't speak it into existence. But I'm also going to bring it back, Alison, to the Everyday Runner. That's what this podcast is. And Meryl, you've been that Everyday Runner starting off. And actually, we know and we speak to the regular people that struggle on the start lines of 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, Mm -hmm. marathons with this psychological bit of... Mm -hmm you know getting yourself to the start it's people who excel in training and i actually would put myself in this bracket who perform better in training than on race day because mm-hmm. it's pressure free i love the process i love even a bad session i like getting something from it and then you heat the pressure on or you mm-hmm. get in your head about all the things you can't control or what could go wrong yeah. and, and th- there's a, a huge bit i'm sure that you do and you're coaching but i just find mm-hmm. it so interesting that irrespective of the level these things yeah. exist just in oh. in whole different spheres and we're all feeling yeah. the same sort of apprehension yeah no definitely it's just like we you know we just we care and we're about to go into something that's really unknown and essentially is a threat isn't it so so we kind of our brain is going to go all emotional and kind of irrational mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think the like that's something I do a lot with because I go through the experience and I know it works for me just not cracked it quite on in the GB vest but with the runners that I coach we sit down before a race once or twice and go through I'm not, I'm not trying to be a sports psychologist but I'm being a coach with them and what mm-hmm. I've learned and from you're my applying your learning yeah from my own experience and um and we we work on this a lot and we do a lot of what I call what if planning so that gives you a chance to write down literally everything that you are worrying about happening. And so what if this happens? So say, um, what if I forget my gels or <laughs> yeah. have to stop, stop to go to the loo? And then we like plan, okay, to prevent this happening, I will. And we yeah. look at what we'll actually do like from now to prevent it happening. So for ultra runners, it might be reducing fiber, for a couple of days before the race to minimize the toilet trips. If it does happen in the race, we have a plan. Everything is planned so that when you are, well, in the week before the race, you've got your plan. So you've got a plan. You're done. You don't need to think about anything else. All you need to know is I've got a plan. On the day, if it happens when you're tired and fatigued, maybe less likely to make good decisions you you actually can make good decisions because you you've planned it so yeah that that stuff really helps and i do it all the time there's huge learning in that for Mm -hmm. for everybody even going from your first race because there's bits of that you can apply you can't control the uncontrollables but you can control yourself your emotions and allison my head's going to you and that championship pen at london and how after umpteen marathons that one uncontrollable if you like of how will I feel the first time I stand on there is mm. something that impacted your day mentally if not physically you know oh, yeah absolutely both because one thing touch me that I've always been fortunate is that I although I get nervous when we get to the morning of the race I'm not one of those people that will allow myself to get so nervous it really ruins anything yeah but yeah at the championship it was just too much it was totally overwhelming like I didn't feel like I belonged there and you know I spent god I don't even know how many times in the port lose and that's not me mm-hmm. and because of that I had no energy I was completely mm-hmm. drained mentally and physically and yeah. I really was ready to walk after seven miles and I didn't because I wouldn't but 
it was interesting because it's like you say, I think going back to do it again, I would look at it completely differently. Like what you say and just, well, you know, why is it different from a diff another race? And if this happens this time, what could I do? Whereas because I'd never experienced that, it was just all a bit, ah, and it did. It just completely changed my marathon experience from what the normal day is. Yeah. That's for everybody. It just doesn't matter. The vest you're wearing doesn't yeah. guard you against the unknown. I um, used to go to park runs and feel like that. <laughs> and this is the, like, this is an area which I've definitely, because of having some challenging experiences in the GB vest, like, I really explored a lot. And I know that my best performances I have, even if you think about it, I've had quite a lot of trials for the GB vest as well. So like they're almost as high pressure as yeah. the, mm -hmm. um, you know, as the race, the world champs itself, almost you could be more relaxed at the world champs because you've got you're, there. You're there, yeah. <laughs> um, but the getting there a bit, but um, for them, like I've, I've really focused on the fun because I've mm -hmm. still got to go and do a very long race. I'm probably still going to do like run for 10 hours. Like I've focused so much on well, why do I do this? Like, for example, in Gran Canaria, I like in earlier this year, I actually somehow managed to not even care about it. I almost had forgotten it was a trial. It wasn't yeah. a trial. It was like show your fitness kind of thing. Um, I knew that that performance was going to count for massively for my selection or not. And I just like got, I removed that completely and was completely just focused on enjoying myself. It's like, I paid a lot of money to come here. I'm not really getting a holiday. Like I'm here to do this race and so on. Like I am not going to make it miserable mm -hmm. by being stressed out and pressure. Instead, I'm just going to enjoy it. So yeah. I completely made that choice of either worrying about it or choosing to enjoy it and do and just be there doing what I love and I was just completely focused on being there doing what I love the scenery like almost like I wasn't racing yeah. and then after about five six hours I'm in like a good really good position mm -hmm. and overtaking people and I was just doing I was just doing my thing I was just having fun really <laughs> and it made such a difference and I had the exact same approach for Nice that I just did you know I know that my stomach is happiest everything and you, your, your stomach's got to be happy when you're trying to consume 90 grams carb for 15 hours on the move and it is the happiest and I am happier, so everything's obviously more relaxed when I'm just focused mm -hmm. on having having fun. I personally as well think that makes such a difference. I've done a few that I was very much like you said, just go in, I'm here to have a good time, spent a lot of money to get there, or maybe just I want to enjoy this one. And yeah. every single time they felt easier, they've been more enjoyable, I felt more relaxed, good recovery after, because mm -hmm. your body's just not like you know like you say yeah. and if you're mentally and physically feeling good your stomach's obviously going to feel a bit mm -hmm. better and I do I really believe it's not easy but I think having that approach does make yeah. a huge difference yeah I think it's got to be a, a conscious shift in your mindset and it's not going to just happen in one day yeah. either like you've got to be kind of really catching your thoughts as mm -hmm. as they're coming up in like the week or the two weeks before the race and 
and get control over them uh, so that you're yeah you're you're choosing this more helpful and enjoyable build up to the race I think this is where coaching comes into its own as well because I, I use for my running a digital coaching app and I don't have that one-to-one with a coach I've got mm-hmm. the the option of it if and when but it's not yeah. the same as a one-to-one relationship it's not how it works mm-hmm. but that side of the world is definitely you can learn a bit experience will teach you so much but that deliberate somebody looking objectively at what you're doing and yeah. I see that and and you don't just apply this to running in your coaching if I'm if I picked up right through the website there is a about healthy lifestyle and good choices yeah. and because this is not just applicable to running I suppose it's like any big barrier in your life yeah definitely any stress isn't it like it's anything that's possibly yeah bringing about stress yeah. in the body yeah mm-hmm. no I, I just think it's uh, really commendable that at the level you're running you speak so openly about this because there's a lot of people looking you've got a well-followed profile you are a high profile name it's nice to know that like you walk among us at times yeah. and they're like oh they're not they're not up here floating through life and going to all these <laughs> fancy races I, I, I saw recently that you'd had a bad fall on one of your runs and, and obviously that's taking you a wee bit as well to get that resilience back I know I see yeah, your point but, so I, but I actually saw the picture on insta right after it oh it was a that's that was a scary looking one yeah yeah tell, no, tell us about that and about the aftermath of trying to get back your confidence from that that was really hard because that was in may and i was going to austria for the world champs at the end of may and the uh start of june kind of thing and i basically had to push my travel back a whole week um i had to take a whole week off in kind of like europe peak <laughs> a few yeah. weeks and then you know how you feel after you've had to take a whole week off running uh you feel a pretty crap yeah no that was tough and obviously it was also on technical downhill that's like what I actually thrive in normally like I I think that's you know what has helped me to do well in the sport for you know so far is that it's that is a bit more of one of my strengths um from I think all the sports that I did and dancing and yeah. football and whatever like just being quite competent on that trait and as I also know growing up on a farm um and like being basically running on rough terrain from a really young age but yeah I think it it did take a while to get the confidence back yeah. and like I said also I got so focused on just kind of being at the start line in one piece and um, I was also very busy with my business at the time. So it was just not the best build yeah. up <laughs> to yeah. a championship. I think it was one of those I got there and I was just like, right, we're here. It was really cool. Like the things, highlights from that was like my room buddy was like Jasmine Paris. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's one of just, them where making the start lines, the achievement, Meryl, looking at what you've done since then, you can actually start to see that form and that confidence coming back and I know they've been for you local races but big set piece races as well Devil of the Highlands here in a second place there and you said earlier that you ran Glentress last week you did but you also won Glentress last week <laughs> so it, I mean you're you're back at that sharp end doing what you do so it, it's just clear that resilience just keeps coming back through and you see it throughout your journey it, it's yeah you feel you do you feel like you're back close to sort of where you want to be at the moment I'm not sure not quite yet I don't think I don't know 2022 was really hard because I had COVID twice in like about was it about 10 weeks apart and then 
I managed to race not long after the second time I had COVID and then I got knocked out again worse than either COVID times. So, and I still don't know if there's maybe something from that that's not quite allowing me to kind of get back to where I was 2021, 2020. Like like a uh, physical thing, you mean? Like a physical hangover from that? Yeah, possibly, possibly. I don't know if there's any slight... Yeah, like long COVID type damage, stuff. Yeah. Long COVID stuff, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I have moments where I'm like, oh, no, maybe I am getting that form back in times where I'm not. There have been a few setbacks and so on, but I'm excited this kind of block that's coming up. Um, I'm going to race the marathon in Trans, Trans Grand Canaria, which will just give me that focus um, to kind of really work on speed a bit more mm-hmm. and hopefully get back to that. I don't know. I'm like, I'm still really really proud of even you know like i say like peaking being in your peak form all the time like all the time at the right time it's not easy to do Mm -hmm. i'm so proud of like i wouldn't necessarily say i'm really really consistent but um there's good consistency there there's good Mm -hmm. longevity there yeah generally health like a healthy ultra runner who can who can cope with the training alongside life and it and you know and I think to me that's what's so important like I don't want to have to take a year off because of an injury or something like I'm very focused on being a healthy role model you're not breaking yourself to get that one year payoff yeah yeah and it like I want longevity in the sport I think obviously with my background um as a teacher and also in health coaching running coaching like I do I've always felt it important to be a good role model and aspire to that and and you know making the start lines I honestly feel it's it's like such a big achievement uh still want to obviously execute it better but um that will come I'm sure Mm -hmm. it will come so what's the long-term goal? So you're going to Grand Canaria again um, yeah, <laughs> uh, to do the marathon there, which will be, like you say, it's a good chance as well just to kind of test the fitness and things. But long-term goals for next year, what's the plan so far? So <laughs> I've entered a couple of ballots. I'm intrigued about going a little bit longer. And I know, I'm just like, oh my god. I wish people could see my face. Meryl, what, what are you talking about? You're in for like days at a time. 15 hours, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> just a wee bit longer. Is that okay? No, like I'm I um again it's a little bit more just I'm not I'm not one of those people I never see myself becoming one of these people that wants to race these 200 miles and blah, 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 mm-hmm. right. But I am intrigued. I kind of want to leave no stone unturned. And whilst I am fit and healthy to just test the water in that 100 mile distance. So I've entered a couple of ballots. One is not very close to home and one is very close to home. Um, you can maybe guess. I've got a sense for one of them, yeah, but I'm, I'm in, I, I just find it bamboozling that there's still ballots for these races. There are enough people wanting to do want this to themselves that, that there's a ballot for it. I think I read that one of them, which I've put in the ballot for, which is in the US, the Western States Endurance Run, I think there's some either 4,000 or 9,000. I can't remember which one it is. They're obviously quite a big difference. Yeah. I'll be able to tell you very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I was also very shocked when I saw uh, 9,000. Over yeah. 9,000 people. 9,000 so psychopaths worldwide trying to converge <laughs> in the same place. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then West Highland Way, I've put in for yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, 
obviously, if I get in, like no offense to the West Highland Way, but if I get in uh, when the ballot's been 9,000 people to Western states, I kind of think I probably should go. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'd go for the option. I think you'll Don't get the free get pass. Uh, it's, and there'll be some, there'll be some nuts around the waiting list waiting to take your space anyway, so you'll be all right. Yeah. No, that, that's, no, that'd I, be amazing. When yeah. do you find out, Meryl? When do these ballots drop? Um, I think in like a, a week or two. Yeah. yeah. Next. Oh, is it that soon? Yeah. 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 Thankfully, because yeah, um, I also I don't know if I want we'd want the Western states to be my first ever hundred miler, so I might have to um do something else before it. Do a hundred miler <laughs> training. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also with the marathon. Um, I don't have to go and do it, but I want to go and do it. I want to go and race amongst um other people like my stat my level and above and just get into a really competitive race but that race the gb selectors have suggested you do to prove fitness for the european off-road championships so i am gonna go for again as always uh, a chance to run for great britain this time at the europeans because there's not a world another world champs until 2025 yeah once i've tried this hundred mile distance maybe uh, uh maybe it will finish me off and i'll just want to retire <laughs> or <laughs> you'll start doing park run yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I so want to do park run my my um my coach because i have a coach as well i think it's very very important mm-hmm. to be coached uh and he's not a fan of me going to do 5k's he just doesn't feel it's very relevant <laughs> i want to do them what so if you what if you run 95k to get there <laughs> and then just you know bash one out from there uh yeah yeah Meryl, Meryl we finish every show with a quick fire round and then we ask the guests to pick a track for the running playlist but before we get there um in your position you're in a, a bit of a different position two things one where can people find you how do they find you on socials or on your website if they're interested in coaching are you taking people on that kind of thing and the other thing would be you must have to do what you do, brands at your back that are supporting you. Do you want to give them a wee shout out while we're here? Just so that they're getting that wee bit of exposure as well. Because I know how crucial it is and to athletes like yourself that are constantly pushing to put yourself in the right places, the right countries for these races. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so people can um, find me on mainly Instagram. I've got two pages. Don't ask why two pages. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, um, but I do. There's Meryl Cooper coaching, and there's also Meryl underscore runs ultras, um, and I've also got a website MerylCooperCoaching.com. And yeah, I am taking people on. Actually, it's not it's not often I have slots that come up, but yeah, right now there actually are. In, in both health coaching and running coaching, I have a couple of slots in each, which is great. Brands wise. So working, I work with Innovate, who are amazing. And obviously, like right now, there's some incredible sales going on. Yeah. Uh, good time, mm-hmm. but they are great for trail shoes for any of your... I'm never running trail again after the death away. That's me. I'm retired. Oh, yes. I saw that you did that. Yeah, this is so funny. Like, I don't own a pair of road shoes. Can you believe that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, here's even something funnier. I started the Dava Wayne road shoes and there was puddles oh. up to my ankles. But I'm, I'm blaming <laughs> Kyle. He said it would be fine. Oh, never listen to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Um, yeah, no, but I am trying to get a pair. Well, I am getting a pair. I've just 
sadly I got a pair and they didn't fit so I've had to send them back and try to get another pair um because I'm gonna race the Tillicucci 10k oh brilliant yeah uh, at the end of this year however I'm gonna have my trail shoes on standby because I think if it's like a bit slippy I'll be delighted to have my trail shoes your feet um, won't know what's going on <laughs> I know they won't and I'm like yeah so I'm trying to get my first pair of road shoes that I've worn probably for like three years <laughs> well I, I'm the opposite my trail shoes usually get used for walking the dog that's that's, <laughs> that's the most exercise they tend to get Meryl yeah. we'll link to your both your profiles and your website in the show notes if anybody wants yeah. to find you and obviously we'll tag you in when we are putting this podcast out that just leaves us to do uh, the sort of traditional ending to the show, which is some quick fire questions, one of which I know that you can't answer because we've already spoken about it. And then we're going to get your track for the running playlist. So okay. these are designed to be just off the top of your head, not too much thought in it. Nice snappy answers. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'll try not to overthink it. <laughs> Favourite running shoe of all time? That's got to be my Innovate Trailfly 280s Ultra. They're, yeah, ultra. That's the longest name of a shoe Sorry, there's ever yeah. been. Uh, Favourite training route? Probably love my, I can do this route around Clackneben Hill, um, up my way. Stunning. Thought that was going to be Grand Canaria. Um, <laughs> proudest running moment? Ooh, tough. No, it wasn't at the time, but probably my finish at, in Thailand um, at the end of a very tough 2022. Yeah. That probably was. And the, the heat and humidity, which is just not... Mm. Uh, suited, suited to us Scots <laughs> I, I might know this next one worst running or race experience <laughs> probably DNFing at the Royal Champs <laughs> oh I thought we were going to get the face plant oh no that's pretty bad but then uh, that probably caused that <laughs> yeah yeah. you've already mentioned this one go to race nutrition so what are you using to fuel on these like epically long runs yeah it's a torque fitness uh, just love their gels. I'm not sure if it, uh, you know, some of your listeners maybe do use them already, yeah. but no, I've seen them. I've seen, I've seen them. I see them cropping up more and more now. Yeah, just so tasty. Like flavors like cherry bakewell, rhubarb and custard, mm. apple crumble. Well, there's Amazing. a there's a strong cake theme coming through here. <laughs> that's what the ultra run is meant to be about, Alison. That's what people keep telling yeah. me. Cakes. Yeah. <laughs> if you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, Meryl, what advice would you give to yourself? I know it's like a bit cliche and probably everyone says it, but just just enjoy the process and there will be ups and downs. One inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by? Probably Gerda Stein. Not sure if you know Gerda, but she's a South African runner. And she she was like a couple of years ahead of me. She's gone and done way more amazing things. <laughs> like I'm not just saying that. Uh, but yeah, no, I love her posts and find them in very inspirational. And she is like, yeah, still just a, a real kind of running hero for me. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, so because it's a nice way to connect the sort mm -hmm. of threads of people. Do you run with or without music? Without. Favorite park run? I know the answer to this is you've not done one. <laughs> well, I've done one. Oh. <laughs> I have done one. I did Crathis Park Run, which is my local one at Crathis Castle, but it is a trail park run. It's like, if you, you know, as a female, if you can break 20, like that's exceptional. Mm. Um, and did you? Uh, I think I have just, but it was actually not park run. It was when it was part of the craft. Oh, not a park uh, run. Oh, all right. 5K thing. But I've not actually, when that one time I did it, 
best tip to get out the door to train or run when your motivation's low? Get a friend, book a book a buddy, get out. Love it. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or go work. somewhere new with them or on your own. But yeah, they yeah. certainly what helps me. Final question. Finish this sentence. I press play and run because just love the views. That's a good answer. See, I don't have that benefit when you're just running along the same street every day. So it's not, it's not the same. Right. Final thing then, Meryl, as your playlist um, choice for the Press Play and Run playlist, which sits on Spotify. We're into season three. There is a very wide mixture on there. This won't be one that you run with, but maybe something that you would have on during your strength and conditioning in a gym setting mm-hmm. or just that motivational type, something yeah. that really gets, gets the, the adrenaline going. The song that's coming to mind is Destiny's Child, Jumping, Jumping. We've got it all, and that's by far not the worst that we've got. So yeah, yeah. I'm fact, pretty sure it's like a good like 180 cadence as well. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I was so my god! Why? Spot the bloody runner that's actually got the cadence for that. <laughs> I think that's the only like time I actually did really listen to quite a lot of music was when I was trying to work on my cadence. And I think you could like pick a podcast that had songs that were all one eighty cadence. Yeah, no, no, that there yeah. are playlists. There are playlists on yeah. all all the major platforms that are yeah. give me this beats per minute and it matches yeah. your sort of tempo stride. Meryl, <laughs> thank you so much. Welcome. I've really enjoyed the sort of deep dive today learning a bit more about your running and i will be keeping a keen eye on whatever you do next thank you yeah no thank you it's been good catching up it's been a while since we've probably had a chance to speak so and hopefully we'll see each other at a race soon yes park run maybe maybe park run well maybe tilly well Uh, no because i'm actually coming up for christmas so uh, you never know we might even get a run in if we're in the same place at the same time I better take trail shoes. Yes, take your trail shoes yeah. and we're going. That'd be awesome. You'd be as well. <laughs> Alison can fall on the streets with nothing there anyway. You're as well actually on the trails, at least have something to trip over. Um, <laughs> Meryl, thank you. Thanks again. Really appreciate your time. You've given us, you've given us more than we probably asked for, but that's been fantastic and learned loads listening as well. So thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.